0: What would you say you do here?
1: I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing.
0: I have people skills. I am
2: good at dealing with people. There's nothing more pathetic than an aging hipster. What's your deal, man?
0: Yes, my name is Brian. Stone on air on Nougat Radio 92.7. I have no I hate my
1: generation now. Well, we made it. It is a finally Friday. It's the Stone On Air show. Flagship is 92.7 Nugget Radio. Online. Anytime. StoneOnAir.com. My name is Brian. Keon Rose here with me as always. 10 to 11 Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. This is when you'll find this show on the terrestrial radio station. And then, as I mentioned, anytime, wherever you download anything, go to that same place and you will find this podcast as well. The stoneonair.com domain will direct you in whichever direction you need to do to find the show. It is a finally Friday. My name is Brian, and I am happy the weekend is here, but I am bummed a little bit, just a bit. Just a touch. We have had fantastic, incredible spring, wonderful weather. All the reasons, all the things, all the feels, all the the the, the forecasts that make this time of year so great and make me feel so alive as the uh, as as this, the season changes. Except for tomorrow, it is a mess. I haven't looked at it this morning specifically, like hour by hour, but I was talking to a friend of mine who is one of the organizers for Bugapalooza, which out of several different reasons moved to the First Horizon Pavilion downtown adjacent to the Finley Stadium for tomorrow's show, Bugapalooza, and every time, I mentioned this to him a couple days ago, I probably didn't make his day go any better, but I mentioned... That every single time I have looked at the forecast in the last 7 to 10 days, more specifically 7 days, 10 days out, it's just, you know, you're not going to get any accurate understanding what the weather will be 10 days out. But every time I look at it, it's worse. (laughs) Every time it's worse. And you just hope that, well, you know, you can't predict weather exactly this far out. It's still five days ago. Maybe the winds will change a little bit. No, not at all. Tomorrow is going to be a lot of rain, thunderstorms, not too cold, so that's cool, but cooler than it is today. We're getting into the 80s today. I, 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 you can hang on to your 80s there, Mother Nature, for a, another week or two or maybe even a month if you'd like. I don't need 80 degree temperatures just yet. I think we're looking around 70 or so for a high, so it will drop off from what it feels like today. But rain is in, a little front's moving in, and then guess what happens on Sunday? Gorgeous, spring-like Sunday for Sunday of the Masters. It's going to be a fabulous day, Sunday. This whole weekend is going to be fantastic, even with this crappy rain messing up the Volkswagen show. They've They've been at Camp Jordan for years. If you know, you know. It's it's a camp out. It's kind of a family oriented thing, not meaning that the people are the same many vendors every year. And it's one of those on the calendar. Doesn't matter what the weather's like because we're camping out. We're going to be here uh, at Camp Jordan. Well, that couldn't happen this year. So they moved it to the pavilion. And I know for all the uh, organizers, for all the regulars, the people that that have this in their rotation, for every year, this is like a yearly we must we don't miss this event. Most of them travel from outside of the state of Tennessee, certainly the city of Chattanooga and East Ridge. For most of them, maybe all of them, they're annoyed as hell. They are so annoyed by this setup at the pavilion. No camping, uh, not a multi-day event. Like just they hate it. But they're doing it out of a labor of love and out of necessity that if they can't do it at at the old spot at Camp Jordan, we we'll, might as well try to do it somewhere. But me talking, Brian, on Nougat Radio 92.7, the Stone On Air show here, I think that the user experience, the customer experience, the, um, the event experience is going to be so much more enhanced at the pavilion because it's such a great place to spend an afternoon, a morning, an afternoon, an evening, a night. It is such a great place. There are many times in my life where I've spent my entire weekend at the pavilion in the and fa- and the and the stadium because I went there for the market on Sunday, or I went there for a mox game football on Saturday, and then maybe a CFC soccer game match on Friday, and where I wake up on Monday and realize I just spent every minute of my weekend on that property. I think it's going to be fantastic from a consumer standpoint except this weather is going to screw it up a lot because it's a, it's a package deal. It's not just the pavilion. It's also the parking lot next to it, which is just as big, if not bigger, probably it, it holds more automobiles. We'll see. Maybe we'll get lucky and it won't be as bad as it looks for the last couple of days, weather wise, but bugapalooza is going on tomorrow at the pavilion. It's like five bucks to get in. And the $5 goes to um uh, Ronald McDonald house or something, somebody, some kind of charity. I mean, it's, it's, Who doesn't have five bucks that they can just hand over to give to charity and go hang out and look at amazing Volkswagens all day? Have a few drinks, have some beers. That's another thing. Camp Jordan didn't serve beer. I mean, a lot of them, sorry, City of East Ridge, many of them smuggled it in. But you legally weren't supposed to be drinking downtown at the first Horizon, I think that's that's right. That's the first Tennessee changed to first Horizon. I'm pretty certain. Anyway, that's going on tomorrow. I will be there. Rain or shine, be there or be square. If you see me, come by and say hello. All right, got to move quick. This hour will evaporate into nothing before you know it. Um, Tim Kelly is my guest for the final two-thirds of the show. So I'm just going to open here with you, rambling on a little bit. I got three pieces of audio for you. I got the coolest thing, the realest thing, and the worst idea that I'll get to here in uh, just a minute. Quickly want to get out of the way. Um, Find advertisers of this radio station and this show and, this, and this, uh, everything we do here. The Hemp House, my guy Dwayne, he was in with us not long ago. He'll come back in occasionally to talk about CBD products, The uh, his line of work, what it means, what they do, the importance of it, and what it can do for you. They have three locations. North Shore, Eastridge Ridge, HempHouse Hemphouse.com. Com, hemphouse.com with two or it's hemphouse chat, Sorry, house Chat with two T's.com. Visit them, find out all you need to know about CBD in the city of Chattanooga. They are the pioneers of that industry. And Evernest, a uh, a local property management company here, new to the area, Evernest.co. They um, integrity is what it's all about. They boast a 1% delinquency rate. They focus on you, the owner, and the people who are. Renting your property—that's all they—that's all they spend their time on. Evernest.co for everything you need to know. There, I want to get those out of the way so I don't forget. As I again, the the next two segments will disappear, and I want to make sure and give as much uh, conversation with what might be our next mayor in the city of Chattanooga, Tim Kelly, Kim White. It's gonna be it's gonna be close. The uh, the general election was very close, but there's a new Endorsement that might just push Tim over the top. And this, I'm not a journalist. I'm not a uh, news person. I do the spoken word. I speak into a microphone, whether it's here at this radio station or in my home office at home. And I just try to do things that I hope other people want to listen to. That's the extent of what I do. And so I'm not here for super fair time, I'm not here to ask the hard questions. I'm here to do an entertaining hour of radio and and podcasts, and I hope you agree with it. I've got a 20-year track record of at least sometimes I pull it off. Sometimes. Um, Quickly, before I get to the audio, tomorrow's my birthday. I didn't get a lordy-lordy, look who's 40 birthday like most people do last year because of the pandemic. So I'm really excited about having fun this weekend, hanging out with many friends and doing fun things. And uh, I couldn't be more excited, but I find out now I'm... Jen has set up for me to do with the first pitch at the home opener for the Lookouts. Now, apparently it's going to be some kind of virtual setup. It's not going to be your traditional throwing out of a first pitch. And I am so appreciative of that. That's a fun, fun idea. But I've thrown out the first pitch twice, Keon, at Lookouts games. And one was disastrous. And the only reason they gave me a second one, because the first one was so bad. I quite literally threw it straight into the ground. Not not Dr. Fauci style. Not quite Fauci style. Not 50 Cent style. If you remember which ones I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> well, Fauci was last year. It's hard to forget that Yeah, one. 50 Cent was, I don't know, a decade ago or so. But it was pretty bad. I threw it right into the grass. But what gets people, and maybe it's what got you, is the mound. When it drops, when you go to step, that that ball's going straight down. It's a lot further up than it, feel, than it looks like from the... Just the naked eye watching a ball game. Yeah. And 60 feet, six inches is a long way. It is. It's a long way. And I didn't warm up. I was just arrogant. I was so arrogant. I've been throwing baseballs my whole life. I don't I, I baseball. I don't have to warm up. Warm up, dude. <laughs> warm up. We talk about how I'm a risk averse person. When I tell you that I practiced in the backyard the night before. <laughs> I was not going to embarrass myself. So you, brought, you you you've thrown it out. You've thrown out a first pitch too, then. Yeah. And it went it went fantastically because I practiced a lot. Well. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. So I'll do it again. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Here we're running out of time here. Tim Kelly, my guest here for the last two segments of the show. Let's get to the coolest thing. The nineties are back, baby. And it makes me happy. I'm gonna spend a lot of time on this on the show on Monday, reflecting on the nineteen nineties, and it looks like nineties fashion is back. This is today's coolest thing. Strap on your Doc Martens, grab your Beanie Babies, fire up the Disc Man, and meet Cher and me at the mall, would you? Because the 90s are apparently, like, totally back. That's what the
0: kids are telling us anyway. A new survey, 7,000 teens across the country dish on how they spend their money and their time. CBC's Courtney Reagan now. Courtney, the 90s? Should we all be, like, switching to baggy jeans and bucket hats now? You might want to
1: dust off those uh, baggy jeans after all, Shep. I mean, this survey that's done by Piper Sandler, done twice a year for decades now, and this one really took me back to when I felt like I was all that in a bag of chips. So talking about the 90s, that's what's showing up. (laughs) It's not all about athleisure. It's about baggy jeans. It's about ripped jeans, mom jeans. Remember 90s grunge? Yep, flannel, that's hot again. Crop tops, too. That sort of harkens back to those baby tees of the 90s. For shoes, Jordans are hot, but so are Birkenstocks and Doc Martens as well. Hair trends, so 90s. We're talking curtain bangs and middle parts. And we'll get more uh, of that coming up on Monday. It's Stone On Air on this flagship 92.7 and StoneOnAir.com. This is today's realest thing. This is leaked audio from the Coca-Cola headquarters in Atlanta.
0: We don't really care about the Georgia voting laws. Our job is to make money. We tell people what they want to
1: hear. You really think we support the liberal agenda? We sell soda. We sell poison to children. LeBron sells Sprite. He doesn't drink Sprite. Our entire business is a lie. We have shareholders. We're publicly traded. My only job is to make them money. So we came out against the Georgia laws. People appreciate that shit. You don't have to mean it. They eat it right up. Banks have commercials that say BLM. You think banks mean it? Banks are part of the problem. I'm a Republican. You're a Republican. You're a Republican. You're a Republican. You're a Republic. We want lower corporate taxes. We want less regulation. That being said, the libs buy our
0: shit. Gotta keep them happy. And they'll be as happy as we tell them what they want to hear. Stupid idiots. <laughs> hey, are you are you recording?
1: Hey, give me, give me. Give. Okay, so it's not actually from Coca-Cola headquarters, but you get the point. Got to move super fast. Today's worst idea is spring break, and this is from a TikTok account called at everybody is awful. Today's worst idea.
0: This woman just posted on social media that she's taking a much-deserved-needed break from social media because she's going on vacation, but she can't wait to get back to share her vacation pictures and find out what everybody was up to. Nobody was up to shit, okay? If you're off there for a week, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, so not much went on during that week when you're away, okay? My kid won a fucking wreck basketball game. You I'm going to tell you about that? And nobody wants to see your vacation pictures. Nobody's looking forward to it. Nobody gives a shit about your picture, you know, of the view of your hotel room, of the, you know, the ocean. Ooh, I already know what ocean water looks like. Nobody wants to see the picture of your palm tree. Nobody wants to see the picture of the pool you stayed out with, the tiki bar. Nobody wants to see that packy picture every woman does with her toes in the sand and a bathing suit holding a drink with just a leg showing. Uh, Hashtag I found my beach. Yeah, well, hopefully you found a hypodermic needle, too, and you stepped on it.
1: (laughs) I've been laughing so hard. That stupid nonsense that I saw on TikTok yesterday. It is Stone On Air on the flagship 92.7 and StoneOnAir.com. Tim Kelly wants to be the next mayor of Chattanooga. And coming up next, he'll tell you exactly why. Hang tight.
0: On air radio show on Nougat Radio 92.7.
2: Topping your news today, Tim Kelly, candidate for mayor of Chattanooga, just wrapped up a press conference on the steps
1: of City Hall about 30 minutes ago to unite those who support him. Kelly was joined by former candidates for mayor, members of the city council, and business leaders who have pledged their support for Kelly in his run for mayor. Kelly will face Kim Wyden in an April 13th runoff election after the two came out on top, separated by just 273 votes in a pool of 15 candidates earlier this
0: month.
1: Stone on Air on Nougat Radio 92.7, the flagship online at stoneonair.com. There's two songs that come to my mind when I think about elections. One will be later in the show, and this one, Alice Cooper's I Want to Be Elected. Not exactly the most glowing song for politicians, but still, it always it's always my go-to. My guest for the rest of the show today is Tim Kelly. Thank you for being here, Tim. I appreciate. It I gave you very short notice. No, it's
2: all right. I'm, I'm to my pleasure, glad to be here. Um, we're right here. We're here. We're we're there. Tuesday is election day. You got it. At long last, it's been a
1: long march. April thirteenth. Uh, I'm not. If you li- if you're listening to this, especially if you downloaded it, you know who I am. You know who Tim is. You know what we're doing here. I'm not going to spend. I, this time will evaporate it'll be just gone so i don't want you know I, i'm not gonna do a bunch of bio yeah jump right into it what are you looking at when you see the uh numbers for uh turnout for the uh for the runoff is it looking are we it's usually sorry to say pathetically low
2: yeah in the turnout
1: where are we looking at where are you thinking for the for the runoff
2: it's slightly up yeah you know, the numbers are slightly up um unfortunately they're they're slightly up in areas that uh uh, that my opponent did better in than I did. So okay. it it will come down to turnout. I mean, it's up everywhere, so I'm not uh, moaning. But uh, people need to get out and vote. It it really, local elections, you know, arguably matter as much or, or more than the state and federal. And, again, this is a perennial problem. But, man, people need to get out there Tuesday and vote. Your opinion
1: as to why do you think, and maybe, maybe it's less of an opinion, more of a factual idea that you know, why is this... Mayoral election always in the spring after the general election, at least in my my recollection is it's never on the ballot during the November elections. It's it seems like it's always in the spring why is
2: that it is and uh i, I can't say that can't help why. the voter for, for bringing out more people there must be some you know historical reason I, I haven't been able to discover it i will tell you that there are some benefits some of the benefits are you can focus on local issues during you know when it's an isolated election like this the downside is you do get lower turnout i mean if it, I, I i personally am glad it's in the spring i mean we could move it to august uh as well perhaps but but putting it on top of the November elections might it, clutter it up a little well, bit, not only clutter it up. But I mean, again, my whole thesis, my whole campaign has been based around truly around nonpartisanship, around the idea that my party is Chattanooga. And that would have been pretty much an impossible message to get across in November when everything was dualistic. Everything was red or blue, you know, yeah. or R. And uh, again, I, I think at a local level. That is just not true. I mean, if you think about good roads, good schools, good jobs, they're not partisan issues. They're just not, and and and, just, and that is a tough teachable lesson to get through to people. In uh, well, because we're
1: so conditioned to go one way or the exactly. other, especially in the last yeah.
2: half decade or so. Yep. Tim Kelly, my guest and Stone on Air
1: on Newgar Radio ninety two point seven. I, I was at uh, mutual friends of ours. Uh, offices where they do a radio show on the radio station on the side of town that no one listens to anymore um but except for that one show they listen to it a lot uh anyway i just happened to be in that building the day you were coming on to be on with them and we're just talking you know financial stuff yep. and uh the host of the show before we were about to leave said he has no out and said tim's coming in today what should i what what what, what, what would you ask him and, I, and he led the show with this and I'm just going to do it for this audience here because it was a legitimate question that I did have in my head mm. how do you know how to be the mayor of a major city like it's one thing to run a car dealership yep. it's another thing to to, to uh, have a sports franchise yeah. and other entrepreneurial kind of things yeah. how do you know what to do to be the mayor of a, of a city from from the smallest to the biggest challenges
2: well, I look. I think fundamentally, it's about leadership. Nobody ever comes in knowing uh, how to be a mayor unless they've been a mayor before. Uh, I'd say three things really. One, it's fundamentally about about leadership and about being able to you know organize uh, people, uh, and that again is something that you do learn in business. You can learn it in the military as well. But but it's it's if you think about the enterprise of starting a business and running a business. You know what uh, academics would call organizational management is really nothing more than building teams to get things done with limited time and limited resources. Sure, if, if you can't do that in business, you're not in business anymore. If you can't do it in the military, you die. Uh, you know, if you're in battle, uh, it's so. So you you that is the, the essentially the core skill. In this case, however, I have. Uh, the huge benefit of having a number of people that are staying on in key positions. And Brent Goldberg, who was, um, uh, I believe he was in the Burke administration for the first two or three years, uh, went left to go back to private business and then was at Hamilton County school system as the chief business officer uh coming back as as my right hand uh as the chief of staff so he knows and obviously that'll be a great help to huge, already have an idea huge what's going huge on help. and, and we, you know we're we're we are all, the really crazy thing about this election that people need to understand uh, the stakes are super high there's a great deal of risk there's a great deal of opportunity the risk is there's only a six-day transition yeah, full transition versus what would have been six weeks i mean what if i do get elected we i will pledge publicly we are going to change that because it's not good for anybody uh down the road i mean it's insane if god forbid we should face some sort of a crisis but because of that i mean the, the next mayor had better be ready and had better yeah. have dealt with crisis before because if something should happen we're, we're going to have a, a big issue the opportunity side of things Um, Is that we're getting a great deal of aid um, through the American recovery plan from from D.C., uh, almost 40 million bucks. And that could really help Chattanooga uh, fall up, you know, kind of make lemonade out of these lemons and recover stronger than we went into the thing. But but we got to have somebody that can think strategically and has had some experience um, with. You know, has knowledge of both the nonprofit world, the private sector and the public sector in order to be able to make those wise investments.
1: I definitely want to touch on that, uh, on the money you just mentioned and uh, how to use it further on as we go through this hour that will v- go by very, very fast. Tim Kelly, my guest on stone on air on New- New radio, 92.7. So I want to talk about the past, uh, mayors in my, in my adult life, uh, John Kinsey is my first memory. I'm friends with his son and, mm-hmm. and lots of uh, right. uh, his family members. Yep. So I don't have an opinion on John Kinsey because I wasn't old enough to hardly know what was going on. He was a good mayor. After that, uh, Bob Corker, who <laughs> clearly uh, was using as a stepping stone. I mean, there was just no doubt
2: about that. He would tell you at the time that he wasn't, but whatever. He changed his mind. Yeah, and I've,
1: I've been in the same room with Bob many times and and I've enjoyed his company. Mm-hmm. Ron Littlefield, kind of that lifelong civic duty kind of, guy like it was kind of his turn mm-hmm. he'd been on the council for many years I believe or some some setting in, in, in Chattanooga government and had his two um, terms as mayor a nice enough guy that I don't have a strong opinion uh, either Andy seems to be Burke currently now on his way out he's a lifelong politician for the most part basically from law the law world and mm-hmm. and and politics but you've made it very clear this is the only thing you're focused on is being the mayor of the city of chattanooga nothing else politically why is that important to make that such a strong point
2: well because i think if you look back over the years uh there are a lot of missed opportunities that chattanooga's had um where leadership was looking down the road towards the next job and and political caution will keep you from tackling difficult problems because yeah. they, you know, you might get some on you. You know, it doesn't look good. It's inconvenient. So we've swept a lot of difficult problems under the rug over the last uh, really 30 years um, for political expediency. And, and I don't care. You know, I mean, again, I am doing this solely and only uh, to, to put Chattanooga back on the right track. And I, I sincerely believe, maybe a little naive, but I really think this could be the greatest city in America, all things considered, but we've got to tackle the hard stuff uh, and get the, you know, the hard, unsexy stuff out of the way, everything from, you know, from wastewater and sewer issues uh, all the way through issues of uh, uh, get, uh, having a higher function educational system to issues around equity. I mean, those are, those are all things that uh, we, we've got to uh, tackle. I've been very critical of, of Andy Burke for many different things, even though we line up
1: ideo- ideologically mm-hmm. quite well. Um, he's, I believe, been very unaccessible, for the last couple of years yeah especially in in the like the summer of last year when the protests across the country and happening right here in town mm-hmm. very hard to find very hard to get a a uh a, a soundbite from and that's just one example it's it's, it's felt like that for really the, the last four years maybe the entire eight yeah you're the kind of guy that you might have a different personality than andy you're more of the i'm gonna run into you at nightfall guy yeah. i'm gonna see you at riverbend guy yeah. you know uh, i'm gonna see you out and about is that is that something you want to continue to be able to be the accessible type that 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 not hiding yeah no absolutely from, wh- whether things are great or not, and even when things were great i just yeah, Andy no. was hard to find He was hard to find
2: uh, i'm not running against andy and andy's an old friend uh grew up uh, with him, and uh, so listen, listen. I'm not running against Andy, but we have very different personality types. Uh, I think Andy's more of an introvert, and I'm probably more of an extrovert. And uh, and I think also my background in retail business. You know, look, I have spent my life running into customers, and and I enjoy talking to people. So. No, I'm not changing. I mean, I'll be the same guy if I win on April 14th, that I'm sitting here in front of you today. So I'm i mean
1: I get. I get. You're not a congressman where they're 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 kind of supposed to be out and yeah. at the Chattanooga market every
2: week to yeah, shake yeah,
1: people's yeah. hands. I don't expect that, but you're kind of a man of the people.
2: Yeah, well, I I think I like to think so. And and no, I I think part of the problem that Chattanooga has had. You know, actually, the early golden days of talk radio in Chattanooga. You know, back when uh, Styles was a, at the other place, and that no one listens to anymore. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know that that was when I feel like, and I think it was when Corker was mayor. You know, Chattanooga had this air of a living room conversation at all times, and talk radio was really the hub of it, right? Yeah. Because the mayor was more involved in the in the in public dialogue, and I, I want to get back to that, right? I want to have I'll have a communications department that has weekly press press conferences. And we can talk about whatever anybody wants to talk about and let's get it out on the table and talk about it and talk through it rather than constantly trying to withhold information, control information. I think we need to get back to more of that kind of living room conversation. Uh, You know, uh, that's what's always made Chattanooga great.
1: In the final segment of the show, I want to talk more about uh, your, who would be, who might be if you were to win on the 13th, the administration, your cabinet, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we will get to that quickly though. um, As we only got about two minutes left in this segment, the, the relationship between the county and the city mm-hmm. has always confused me just as a layman over here who just goes to job, his work job every day and then like wait a second we got a county mayor we got a city mayor we got the county commission we got the city council how do these two administrations between the county and the city work as quickly as you can kind of explain that relationship no matter who is
2: ahead of the mayor or the commission or the council yeah well they're just completely different political entities. You know, if you go to Nashville, they've got metro government, and it's more than, it's not just Davidson County that's merged with city government. It's the whole, you know, outside county area. Imagine that you know, uh Hamilton and Sequatchie and and gosh, even Dade across this and then we've got we got this additional complication. We've got North Georgia counties that are not even part of our state, but that function as part of our metro. So it's a really weird conundrum in Chattanooga. But Chattanooga It sounds is, very convoluted it's, to it's me. It's extremely convoluted and and uh, but you have to factor all that into you know, public policy. Uh, But Chattanooga is separate from Hamilton County. And so, you know, there are a lot of been a lot of calls over the years for a merged city county government. Um, That is sounds great on paper, but it's super tricky because they don't always have the same uh, priorities. I think we can achieve the same sort of benefits of of consolidated city county government just by having a better relationship between the city mayor and the county mayor. And I get along great with Jim. Again, That's I don't what was about have, to
1: ask you, how is your relationship with Jim great. Coppinger?
2: It's wonderful. And and once again, I think this is where not having future political ambition is important because I don't have I'm not looking down the road thinking, well, how's this gonna look for my, you know, reputation with the fill in the blank party? I don't I'm never gonna put personal interest or political interest in front of what's best for Chattanooga. So uh, I'm gonna represent Chattanooga, as I say, my party is Chattanooga and, and but you know, Jim Coppinger uh, doesn't have anything against. He wants to see Chattanooga do well and thrive. So, uh, you know, we, we've already talked about meeting more regularly and renegotiating our interlocal agreement and, and putting a lot of stuff back on the table and talk about to, to make it work better for the whole region. Tim Kelly is my guest.
1: He wants to be your next mayor. Election Day is on Tuesday. It is Stone on Air on the flagship 92.7 and StoneOnAir.com. We'll wrap up the show. Coming up next, we'll talk about what the administration might look like If you were to win on Tuesday, coming up next and plenty more. Hang tight.
0: Stone on air on Nougat Radio 92.7. After the general election, I took some time to rest, to spend some time with my family, to reflect on the campaign, and to observe how the two remaining candidates engage on some of these issues that I've mentioned. I know firsthand the challenge of running for mayor, and it's clear it's clear that both candidates absolutely love our city. However, there is only one candidate that has carried forward a message and a strong commitment to addressing these deep-seated inequities in our community. That is why today I am supporting Tim Kelly from Mayor of Chattanooga. At this time, I truly believe he is better positioned to address many of the issues we believe will help advance good-paying jobs, equal opportunity, and inclusion.
1: Welcome back into the show. It is Stone On Air on uh, the flagship 92.7 online at StoneOnAir.com. When I think of elections, the second song I always think about is this, the most perfect campaign song in the history of campaign songs. Forget about who it was for and more about what this message is. And I remember it was 1992. Mm -hmm. I was 12 years old. I was... Be- I was on my way to becoming a complete grunger. I might not have been there yet, yeah. but I was close. But this election run, the general election in, twi- in, in 1992 mm-hmm. turned me on to Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. And ever since, this is a song I think about how can you not get on board with Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow?
2: Exactly. Yeah, I remember it too. I was 25 and uh, again, I don't remember how I voted in that one, but uh it, it seems like an unlikely song to get, you know, to get this as much traction as a campaign, but I, uh, I'll have to add it to our Spotify campaign playlist.
1: Tim it's- Kelly is my guest. Speaking of elections, Election Day is Tuesday. The next mayor of the city of Chattanooga will be decided on that day. I live in the city of East Ridge, so I will not be casting a vote. Has there ever been any kind of uh, discussions about business owners within the city or uh, outside of just being a resident? Because it seems like if you had a business inside of a city, this just popped in my head literally as I'm talking mm-hmm. talking to Tim Kelly right now. Obviously, it's just it's just residents.
2: Right, yeah. But definitely. if you
1: own a business in a city, it almost seems like you would have some kind yeah. of...
2: You would think, you know, But but no. I think there may have been a time when you could do that. But if that were the case, I think you would have a lot of uh, moneyed interest. Outside well, that would convolute it up pretty bad. It would convolute it up pretty bad. So, yeah.
1: So on the front end there, uh, the rejoin that was uh, Wade Hinton, one of the, yeah. uh, the the big three, as I would refer to them, is Kim White and uh, Tim Kelly go head to head here for the for the mayoral position on Tuesday. Wade had six thousand plus votes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's not nothing. No, there was nothing. 15 people in this race to begin with. We, you know, we spent another time in another radio show for whether that's the way we should do the uh, general election later on. But he was not one of the. He was a. He was very much in this race, and he's endorsed you as of the last couple of days. Were you? Were you concerned whether you would get that endorsement, or or were you just waiting for the inevitable?
2: Well, certainly no. I don't think it was inevitable in any way, shape, or form. Um, You know, yeah, he got over 20% of the vote, and uh, Wade is an extremely thoughtful uh, and deliberate guy. And and so, you know, I think his his concerns he made very clear during the course of the election really revolved around equity and diversity and inclusion. There's more to the job than just that. But that is an important part of it. And that is and that it was that was really the focus of his campaign. And he took a really, really, really hard look um, at both my opponent's uh, record and platform and mine. Um, with help from his people and his staff, and you know, he it, it took him longer than I would have liked, but he, but he, you know, eventually arrived at the decision he arrived at, which we're grateful for. So, if if you win this election, how much of a shakeup do you
1: foresee in in a cabinet, in administration? It, it, it's it's it seems like there's a lot of tentacles here. How many I mean, people are sitting around wondering whether they have a job going forward? Well, like again, how how do you approach that?
2: This is one of the problems with the six-day transition. Again, we were talking a little off air about how important it is that we change this after this election. Whoever wins, because uh, it is an extraordinarily dumb way to run a railroad, to have a six-day trans- full transition. Sure. We have to you know, build a provisional airplane in the air on the side, and I hope my opponent's doing the same thing. Because, again, you know, you're sworn in six days later one way or the other. so So you need to
1: be preparing as if you're winning you
2: have to be you have to be preparing as if you're winning and we are and again but it's a large strain on resources when i really should be focused more on campaigning um and uh and and so look i'm a i'm a big believer having you know managed and started a lot of organizations that continuity does not get enough credit continuity is 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 really really important so uh, and I'm more of an evolution guy, not a revolution guy. So I, and I certainly am not. It's not about me and my ego. So we're going to go slow. Uh, we we know some things are going to change already, just structurally, departmentally. Uh, but we, you know, quite a few people that are there now are staying on. Have agreed to stay on verbally, and uh, others are leaving. Others are, have chosen to leave for whatever reason. So um, you know, we we've got a very strong plan, and we've and we've got a lot of key positions already spoken for and filled. Which I'm not at liberty to really talk about. So sure. <laughs> but but uh, but yeah, we we're, we're going to hit the ground running. We really will be ready. Another uh, candidate, Monty Brule, is a um,
1: mm-hmm. uh, it's just an acquaintance of mine. Yep. I've, uh, I've I don't know him well, but I, I hold him in pretty high regard. The little that I know, he has a a very specific uh, kind of fan base, if you will, yeah. a voting constituency potentially that he immediately. Was uh, an endorser uh, of you, and that brings a a good amount of people along with. Does Monty?
2: have a role in your, in your administration. If, 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 if you win on Tuesday, we're, we're talking, uh, again, I, I think it's really clear. Cause there are a lot of rumors about me having promised people things. I heard, uh, a lot of crazy stuff, you know, I mean, conspiracy theories are, are, uh, are, 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 you know, a dime a dozen, but I didn't promise anybody anything. I should make that crystal clear up front. I had to make that, you know, very clear with a lot of Wade Hinton supporters who thought somehow that I had, you know, convince Monty to stay in the race as a, as a spoiler, which to, to is absolutely, categorically, completely untrue. Uh, so, again, I it really is not about me. I mean, I hope to have Wade's help and Monty's help and, and uh, you know, and Russell Gilbert's help and and Elnora Wood's help and every, you know, I've, I've managed to get the endorsement of every other major candidate in the race. Not because I promised him anything i did have them nothing, but because they think I'm uh, clearly, you know, the, the best equipped guy to lead the city forward.
1: Tim Kelly is my guest. I only have a couple of minutes left here. Um, I'm glad you mentioned making promises uh, or, or any kind of, I, I don't mean nepotism in the sense that you have a son, you're going to give a job. I just mean favoritism no, kind of thing. Hard, yeah. um, t- Tim Boyd is the county commissioner mm-hmm. who I go back and forth with a little bit. Um, Soundcore is a a. a, a, a uh, organization, a yeah. music initiative that I, I actually do believe in. And I have Stratton Tingle, a friend of mine, I'm sure, uh, at
2: least quite I was of on the original board of Soundcore, Well,
1: me. Tim Boyd uh, from the county commission, I know this is county talk, this isn't city talk, right.
2: gives, uh,
1: gives Soundcore uh, a certain amount of money, might have been, I can't remember, 25 grand, whatever it was. And then five seconds later, his daughter is employed by Soundcore. Okay, these are friends of mine. I don't want to dislike me, but I can't ignore that. Yeah, I can't ignore that Tim Boyd gives 25 grand to a, a, a city initiative and then his daughter works there three seconds later how do you fight that kind of stuff when people are saying, what are you going to do? you uh, are you just giving your friends jobs? You're just giving your, yeah. you know, that kind of thing.
2: It's tough in a smaller town where, you know, again, Tim has been, uh, he's an interesting man and, and, um, uh, I think a friend and, and, and a fan, uh, and he, you know, well, you might not, you might not think that, right. But, uh, He's always been a a supporter of the arts. I mean, you go back a number of years, uh, Tim Boyd has been an avid supporter of the arts, and his daughter, Emily Kate is a very talented musician. She's incredible. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, I would just say. I mean, right, you know, there's no, I don't, if it's the right thing to do and it's the right fit for the community, I think sometimes those appearances are just going to, uh, come up and you just have to kind of take the flack and move on yeah
1: and i don't mean to throw county stuff yeah. on
2: you here where we're talking about the city of chattanooga tim
1: kelly my guest we got about yeah. two and a half minutes to go here as always time flies regardless of whether you're having any fun or not uh let's see the mask mandate is ending for the county on april 28th mm-hmm. is that what? what are your thoughts citywide by that time we'll have a new mayor Yeah, I think whether it's you or
2: not, I think it's about right. I mean, again, I'm a I'm a very common sense guy down the middle, and that seems about right to me. Again, I think we were going to near a point where everybody that wants a vaccination or that that can get one, should get one, can get one. And, you know, and, and everybody should. I mean, everybody gets to choose themselves. But I think as far as public policy is concerned, once we reach that point, because we're to uh, that
1: point now in tennessee exactly 16 and up right
2: then you know we've got to get back to life as normal and that means getting you know rec centers open back up and and having events i've I've talked to some people at the city already about event planning and we will begin to open things back up and permit um public events because you know again if you're you haven't gotten the vaccine Um, and when you've had the opportunity for your own reasons, then, then I guess that's fine. And then you can continue to wear a mask and exercise caution, but the, you know, the show must go on
1: 90 seconds left to go here on the show. Tim Kelly, my guest, uh, I don't know this at all. What does the debt loads look like on the city of Chattanooga over the last couple of decades?
2: Like not bad. I mean, we've got some, some bonds outstanding that I think we have an opportunity to refinance. Uh, again, my background in finance will come in very handy here, uh, but to city to its credit largely to the credit of, of Daisy Madison, who's the outgoing uh, CFO, has been very conservatively managed. I mean, it's not as though we're, you know, Chicago. I've or never seen city. it as a
1: headline in my life, that
2: debt lows of Chattanooga, you know there's some. But well, there is some. I mean, again, there is an appropriate level of debt, but I, I do think we can consolidate further while interest rates are still low and, and probably uh, – uh, and probably come out ahead. I mean, that, that's getting in the weeds a little bit on finance stuff, but again, we're the city is not in bad shape there. I should also say, you know, sales tax collections were actually up year over year. So, in in the city, I think appropriately forecast down, thinking COVID would have a worse impact than it did. So, we're actually going to have a little bit of a pickup in the budget on top of all this federal aid. So, we'll have a great opportunity to uh, again to come out of this thing better than we went into it.
1: Tim, thanks so much for being here. As Thank always, you. it it goes by super fast. In 15 to 20 seconds, uh, Tuesday. What does what, it look like uh, for uh, for Election Day? What do you guys got going on?
2: Well, we'll be out there, man. I'm, I'm, my wife and I. Who is my Jenny's my secret weapon. I could have never made it through any of this without her. And she's. Uh, <laughs> some people are like, why didn't she run for mayor? It's not a bad question <laughs> actually. But she and I are going to be hitting, trying to hit every polling station, and uh, and we'll we'll be out there. Thanks, Tim. Thank you.